Welcome everyone to the All Heart Podcast. My name is Noni Lamar. And my name is Thea Monier. And this is a podcast all about joy and pleasure. 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 <laughs> pleasure. Oh my gosh. We say that we sound so out of breath. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks y'all for joining us again. We know we had a little break last week. How was your break, Thea? It was good and it was needed. So I appreciate you all for allowing that. I'm not getting many breaks lately, but wherever I can get them, I try to maximize them. So that was super helpful. You have a big break coming up though, right? In December. I do have a break coming up. And is it a break though? Like it's a break from, you know, work, um, my my full-time job. And, you know, I've just accepted that my life is going to be busy. And so I'm finding the eye of the storm and like learning to rest in that and using my essential oils more wisely and spiritualizing a lot of my transitions in between things Mm -hmm. to help keep me feeling like I'm in the middle ground. And that does require a little bit more herbalization. Um, Black people always making up words. Herbalization. (laughs) Herbalization. Yes! (laughs) The herbalizing of a thing. Yes. And and I'm okay with that. Like, I've had to be like, okay, you know, I take, um, I go to acupuncture. I've had to start doing more body work. Like, scheduling massages scheduling things because um i can feel myself carrying way more um way more and having less time in between to like physically detox that myself mm-hmm. so that and also i get these uh chinese herbs that i adore and i really wasn't taking very regularly but now i'm starting to take them regularly um and that's helping me to stay pretty level so this last time I traveled, I actually felt energized by the work that I went to do, which I'm excited to do the work. Like, that's the thing. I don't want to feel drained doing work that I love to do. Mm. Um, but I've had to, like, make my travel a part of the joy. How I travel, you know, what I use to travel, what rituals I keep, routine I maintain, how I eat, all of that determines how well I can show up to do the work. So the break has helped me like find like really um, cultivate that. Catch your breath a little bit. A little bit. A little bit. Yeah. Well, what about your heart to heart? What's on your heart today? Wait, did you enjoy your break? My break? I don't have no break. That's what I'm saying. Like it's kind of like it's not really a break. It a break allows for us to do other things, which is. No, I had like a, a gazillion meetings. Um, thirty. One week's pregnant, so yeah, I don't. No it, it's been I've been grinding at this speed for so long that I don't really. Mm, it's it's second nature to me, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So I'm I don't I take breaks. I usually actually don't do work on Saturdays. Mm-hmm. That's something I started like a a, a while ago. Saturdays I rest it's my definite I definitely hold the the Sabbath the Sabbath right I do in in any way that I can I rest a lot that's the day my children just go screen time crazy mm-hmm. <laughs> they can do all of the screening screens screeny screen screens that they, that they want, want. Mm-hmm. I sleep in 
I like do little things around the house, but mm-hmm. in in general, Saturdays like I barely check my phone. Yeah. I don't check my email. I don't call lots of folks. Like, but Monday through Friday, include in Sunday, I'm getting mm-hmm. ready for Monday. Yeah, I'm really really focused. Yeah, on getting done what I have in my head, all of the goals that I have in my head, and the things I'm I'm really passionate about. So, to me, it's not um. I don't know if it's work. It doesn't feel like mm-hmm. work. It's a lifestyle. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm. I'm. My. I'm achieving my purpose. So right. One is to to have a really healthy, great family. Mm-hmm. And the other is to change the frequency of the planet. So yes. I'm just focused. Yeah. Like yeah. I feel very purposed. So I don't really think about like. Some days I feel drained, I feel tired, and all, and all of that stuff. But most often, I'm like, what can I do to create this next thing? What yeah. can I do to broker this next deal? Like, what are the things that I can do to improve myself? Yeah. That's- yeah. I feel like I've been more so in, the, like, allowing. So... I do I do have things to do and I'm I'm a, I don't know it's kind of like I'm widening the opening in the center of these things mm. where I can just like be present in them and enjoy them and do them and um and not feel like these hard shifts between spaces because for me and this is probably like the fire sign in me it's like hard to shift sometimes between spaces or ideas if my mind is thinking about something I just want to stay there and blaze in that forever mm-hmm. and then shifting out of that into something else can be can be complex for me so I mm-hmm. had to figure out how to like I said create ritual and spiritualize those transitions so that they add to the next thing that I'm doing and I can because with me the bottom line I've accepted about myself a few things. One, I will always need to work with the earth sign. Swear to God. I just literally <laughs> wish for an army <laughs> who, who, who get me and let and love me and like we just work well together. Um I mean I own I like all the people that help me run the things that I do are, are Virgos. Virgos specifically. Oh, oh yeah, right. I, I'm not, I'm not like, even fucking around. Virgo, like, like if you didn't I'm come to with fuck Virgo around, now, if you didn't and come to fuck she's around, like, yeah. I'm like here, like just whatever you need. I'm so happy to do because the one thing I've accepted is like for me, and you helped me accept this is that for me, I have to, I have to feel and be like, like on fire for things mm-hmm. to really do them. And I used to like be really hard on myself about that. And now I'm like, no, because that's when I feel like at my best, you know, and I feel most connected and I feel like I do my best work. And so if that means that the people I have around me are people who maybe they feel their best when they're like building a system or they're creating um, some sort of logistical way for this these things to happen, um, then that's great, you know. But I only want to be with people who like that's what they like to do too. Like they don't have to do like to do the same thing that I do, but the mm-hmm. piece that they like to do that they can find joy in it too. I don't want it ever to be like we're you know, um, 
I don't want to attract people who like are like there just because. I want them to be on fire for the thing that they like to do and what we're doing. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? And it I'm does, finding that it, more. It does. I think sometimes I I remember my leak saying like uh, my leak teal. I'm referencing. It, it's not always gonna be fun. Like it's no. not you're not always gonna even be passionate. Yeah. Or on fire for what you're doing, and then you gotta do it anyway. Yeah. And I think that's probably a Taurus mindset. Yeah. yeah. Like I'm not always on fire about. Right. I I pre- I would prefer that too. Yeah. You know I would prefer to be like mm-hmm. yes about all of these things but it's like well I know these things need to get done in order for the thing that I am passionate about Mm -hmm. to happen yeah so I just do it like you know what I mean and I've heard the same from Virgos like they're like you think I'm want to organize but that's but that's earth sign Mm -hmm. and that's what I'm saying like what I've had to embrace is the fire sign in me which Mm -hmm. is that like I can do those things but I still have to have a connection that's like emotion or passion I can do a dope powerpoint even if I don't want to do it, I can do the research behind it. But mm-hmm. somewhere in that process, I have to be connected and excited. I don't do well with things that are just like, do them because they have to be done. Um, I end up resenting them. Mm. And so, I, but I think what you're saying is very interesting because I think we do see people who maybe are high achieving and maybe we don't look at like, are they an earth sign? Are they a, well, like, what's, what is their sign? What is their... Thing and how do we make that work for us? Because us trying to do what someone else is doing, mm-hmm. the way they're doing it, can make us feel like we're not doing something well or correctly. Or yeah, I was saying like uh, we sometimes assume they're enjoying something that they may not. Yeah, or Be- because yeah. because they are high performing. Yeah, and that doesn't mean they're enjoying it. Like no. I don't. Some a lot of people I don't see. They, they, I don't see a lot of joy. I mean, that doesn't mean they're not experiencing joy. Yeah. But like people who like grind really hard, you know, I don't know. I don't know what their joy factor is. <laughs> but speaking for myself, I think everyone has to come to a place where they are clear about when they're their best and not apologize or feel bad for what that looks like. For sure. And then because the more honest and clear they are about it, the better they can communicate that to the people around them and the more clear of a plan they can find for whatever team or whatever mm-hmm. they, whatever schedule, whatever routine. Like everybody doesn't have to do what I have to do when I travel. Like some people just go in and out and it's just business as usual. For me, it's not. It's very disorienting. Mm. So I had to create a way to travel that included some form of like spirit connection, purpose and all that for me to really feel fulfilled at you know from beginning to end of that trip yeah but that's not something that's something extra some people probably that's extra i don't have to do that i think it's about diversifying the way we look at how people work and like Mm -hmm. how they how they how they go for their goals it's um it can be assumed that if somebody's not doing it the same way other people are doing it that they don't care or that they're not as committed and i've seen Mm -hmm. this in some of these entrepreneurial spaces where it's like it's modeled after one type of work ethic and I think that's a little... It's pretty white. Yeah. Yeah. And, and capitalists. Yeah. <laughs> it's not prioritizing wellness. And, no. And I think that for people of color and people who are from marginalized backgrounds who are already dealing with a lot, there has to be a way that says, how do you... How can this work best for you? 
like mm-hmm. and and that that's okay too um and and i i hope to for me i'm trying to like embody that so that when i go places i'm like yeah i don't work that way but i have to figure out a way that works for me and be okay with it yeah and there can also be pivots i mean you and i've been talking about that about this podcast too mm-hmm. like things can pivot things can change yeah, evolve, the way things yeah. look yeah it, everything can yeah. shift yeah. based on like what are your your needs that are now my needs that are now yeah. may not have been the same needs we had last year yeah, for sure and the needs Absolutely. we'll have next year yep. like and i've never you know one thing when folks start stuff that i've never been a person who likes to start things for an infinite amount of time mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like i'm like okay like what when's our end date mm-hmm. this is an mm-hmm. exception to mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. But it's because it's something that can evolve. Mm-hmm. I think it's the same. I heard on Dim Black Mamas before. Like, she was like, "There could be a whole different group running this yeah, yeah, podcast yeah. at a, at a point." Very right? open to that. Mm-hmm. Like the idea that it has to stay in the same format forever mm-hmm. and be this way and mm-hmm. show up. You know, I love consistency because consistency builds trust. Mm-hmm and relationships Mm -hmm. so to me that's the most important part Mm -hmm. of like this pod but Mm -hmm. in general i'm like hey like things evolve things evolve based on people's different ways that they look at what work is and they look at what commitment is yeah it's been a big part of my thought process of i'm gonna have an infant Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. a newborn and i have a lot of different my lifestyle right now does not look newborn and infant inclusive mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. I have no idea how <laughs> <laughs> how this is gonna go. <laughs> no clue, no clue. My the the children I have, they're they can they can feed themselves. Yeah, they yeah, can wipe yeah, themselves. Yeah. They can dress themselves. They can brush their teeth. Mm-hmm. They can take care of each other. Mm-hmm. All of those things can happen mm-hmm. while I'm involved in the things that I need to do as mm-hmm. well but that's not going to be the case in no. a couple months so yeah. yeah I think you're right that leaving room for evolution and I I'm this year I went into this year wanting to learn about wealth and what I I'm learning like it's definitely for me relationships is where I find the most wealth and the most power is coming from like this unapologetic understanding of who I am and how I function in the world, which um, we're going to basically kind of talk about a little bit more today. Um, Some of that came through IFA, I think, giving a lot of spiritual power to like, there's a reason you are the way that you are. Mm -hmm. But also thinking about how in spaces where we talk about these things in terms of creativity and, and work ethic and success and wealth, how limiting the conversation is about what the door looks like to get through to those things. It's a very white model. Mm-hmm. It's a very male model. Yeah, it's a, and, it's a patriarchal supporting model. And I'm enjoying looking for and actually becoming one of the models that doesn't fit that mold. Mm. Um, because I've seen women at these events who don't fit that mold and they leave feeling like there's something they're doing wrong. And the last thing I want us to walk away with is more reasons (laughs) we're doing something wrong but really like saying and let how do we create how do we support you creating a model that works for you based on your life because we talk about signs but 
you know, what if you're a fire sign with no kids? What if you're an earth sign with a Mm -hmm. physical disability? What if you're like all these, there's so many nuances to how we'd have to switch the model anyway to meet our needs. For sure. I mean, I've been taking like tons of meetings recently and I'm pregnant. Mm -hmm. I'm very visibly pregnant. Mm -hmm. There's no way you can avoid the the ram in the bush. (laughs) So me being pregnant in these spaces, Mm -hmm. it's, as Thea would say, decolonizing. <laughs> I love but, how you're embracing the word. That's so, it makes me so happy. <laughs> I I'm embracing it ridiculously. <laughs> I know, but embracing it nonetheless. <laughs> it's in it, and I ne- and I always acknowledge. Hey, you know, I'm pregnant. I have three children, mm. and let's have a conversation. Yeah, yeah. And these are my priorities, and this is what I want to do, mm-hmm. and. How can we work together and how can we make money or whatever? Yeah. You know, how can we create something together? But I think we would be surprised that our world wants to stretch a bit. I agree. Mm-hmm. That's what, literally that's been one of the biggest surprises of the year is that the more I'm like, this is how this is who I am and this is what I fucks with. The more you've seen, the mm-hmm. more work I've gotten mm-hmm. by not assuming what people would or would not accept about what I want and what I do. Well, I wanted to talk a little bit. You mentioned black wealth, and this is what I wanted to discuss in my heart to heart today. It's an article. Um, do you, are you aware of what's happening with Byron Allen and the mm-hmm. Supreme Court? Mm-hmm. So oh, I don't know if our listeners are. I have bring them up to date. a good um, New York Times article. So Byron Allen is this incredible billionaire, which once we say billionaire, (laughs) black billionaire. Which I um, didn't know. Yeah. I didn't realize. So I was, you know, I knew who Byron Allen was, but I didn't know deeply like his story. And then he he was on The Breakfast Club where all black people go for their news. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, I went to, to my partner told me, you should really check this out. Like, this is right up your alley. Yeah. What what you're interested in. And he went from being a comedian to being a mogul, basically, mm-hmm. a media mogul. And he, um, he owns a bunch of networks. He owns the Griot. He owns a lot of things. He's like moving into banking, all kinds of things and so a few years ago he sued comcast for discrimination because they didn't want to pick up some of his channels they didn't want to pick Mm -hmm. up and distribute his channels so he sued them for for discrimination based on racial bias Mm -hmm. using the civil rights act of 1866 Basically, the Civil Rights Act of 1866 says here, he filed a lawsuit in 2015 contending that Comcast, after discussing a deal to carry six of his company's channels, had turned it down in violation of the Civil Rights Act of 1866. This act is the nation's oldest federal civil rights law, and it gives all persons the same right enjoyed by white citizens to make and enforce contracts. So a lot of people feel that like, the Civil Rights Act of 1866 replaced the concept that we would get 40 acres and a mule. Mm. Because they gave us that, we were considered equal, that we had equal access to economic opportunity. So he sues Comcast, it gets thrown out in three different like smaller courts, 
the Ninth Circuit in California upholds the case, right? And says, you know what? We do believe racial bias mm-hmm. was happening here. Comcast is like, you know what? We're going to appeal and we're going to take this to the Supreme Court. Backed by Donald Trump, mm-hmm. <laughs> they mm-hmm. decide to say, we, you must prove that racial bias was the only reason. Mm-mm. The only reason mm-hmm. we rejected you. If you cannot prove that, then you you lose your case. And by him losing his case, it impacts all these other cases. It impacts yeah. all these other cases and it begins to dismantle that law. Yes. Yes. And so they took that law that he had and they decided, well, we're we're going we're going to use it to our Flip benefit. It. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And so now Civil rights for all black people yeah. are at stake yeah. Yeah, yeah. because of this commercial case, yeah. right? Yeah. And so, Byron, it's a really interesting thing to me because there are many people that are critiquing Byron Allen saying he should drop the case. He said, listen, Comcast made it about that, not me. Even now, we're fighting to use a law that has never actually fully been implemented. No. <laughs> so, like, what is he really gambling for you like you're at you're acting like oh they're gonna take so much they didn't give you the but full to, rights to of me, that law to me the interesting part is here is that he's calling out the NAACP the Ooh. Urban League you, well you know how I feel about the Urban League <laughs> I got tea there all of them all of them are in bed with Comcast mm-hmm. so for Comcast to establish itself with the NBC Universal situation they had to have like a method of uh, MOU, I think it's mm-hmm. like method Memorandum, of understanding, Memorandum, Memorandum of, of understanding. understanding, that said that they would be committed to diversity. And so they connected with these people. Right. And But Comcast <sighs> is paying these organizations a million dollars a year. So they're like champ, you know, Comcast is committed to diversity, but they're already in bed with them. And those people can be paid. So to me, the part that was so interesting this week was when Diddy came out and he was like, you know how we feel about Diddy. If you ever want to be on the show, Diddy, let me tell you. What would Diddy do? We would do whatever was necessary. Diddy came out. I hope y'all are following me. For me being, you know, someone who's really committed. When I say I want to change the frequency, the way that you change the frequency Mm -hmm. is through media. Mm Mm-hmm. That's because one sound way. Waves, waves. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's through music. That's mm-hmm. through television. That's yeah. through film. Yeah. That's through storytelling. The, that's the method in which I chose to be talented in this mm-hmm. incarnation. Mm-hmm. And those are my tools. Mm-hmm. So I'm really interested in the illusion mm-hmm. of black wealth, power, and right. access, and the reality. Which is the impact on the frequency. Right. Right. So... Which is interesting when you think about the word influencer. Right. Right. So Byron Allen was on this other show on YouTube and he, a big show, I don't remember his name. I'll link it though. But he was talking about like, they gave the channels, Comcast gave these channels to Diddy and Magic Johnson, knowing that their brand Mm -hmm. is success. And they purposely... We're going to underfund and under support them. This is what was said behind closed doors. Mm-hmm. They would under support them because they knew that they would never come out and say it, mm-hmm. that, that they were not 
truly successful Hmm. because they're trying to maintain that brand of success, that image of success. That way they could say, we tried to support diversity, though we we didn't. Look at all this work we did Mm -hmm. to support diversity. Look at, look at Aspire Network. The Diddy thing, we understood what was happening. Look at at Revolt. And then they didn't. I remember Revolt. Revolt still exists. So then Diddy said, came out and said, you didn't know Scorpio though. So you think <laughs> you thought wrong. You thought that I was going to like play myself because mm-hmm. I wanted to keep this image. Mm-hmm. What's more important to me right now, because mm-hmm. Diddy has had a lot it, of success and of evolution. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, no, you're you're using me right now mm-hmm. as a prop mm-hmm. to support your idea mm-hmm. of diversity. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to have to say the truth. And the yes. truth is you are underfunding us. You're not putting us in the markets mm-hmm. where black people are. Mm-hmm. You're not making us accessible. Mm-hmm. Like, no, mm-hmm. you cannot use me, Comcast. I will not be your boy. Are we still waiting for Magic Johnson's statement? <laughs> because if he does make that statement, I have some beef about his Starbucks and his gyms. I, I think he would never make a statement. I, don't, I think we'll be waiting a long time. We'll be waiting. <laughs> we'll be on our deathbeds waiting for Magic Johnson to I mean, have his Diddy moment. No, no, but no, no that's, that's literally, come on now. Like, you're. this is what we're talking about. Like, this is what we're talking so about. So to me, I started really thinking about this idea of what black wealth is really because you know Mm -hmm. my incredible partner told me something that fucked me up a long time ago which is you can't get a check if a white person doesn't sign it Mm -hmm. at some point at some point a white person has to say he's like who release those funds who who runs Mm -hmm. the world so Mm -hmm. (laughs) <laughs> in terms who, of finances in terms of finances mm-hmm. who is and see see this is something that Which i is think interesting because i feel like i think byron allen mm-hmm. i i highly suggest y'all just he is on a media tour mm-hmm. he is he is malcolm x right yeah, now right, right, <laughs> he right, is malcolm right. x and people the malcolm x of media <laughs> people are really looking at him as, as someone who's just doing it for self-interest mm. You you could take it how you want to. Right. Go look and see for yourself. You right. know, um, maybe his channel sucked. I don't know. Right. You know, maybe they did too. But do I think racial discrimination was a part of it? Absolutely. Of course. Absolutely. He's a black billionaire. Absolutely. You think they're going to give him more access? He owns the fucking weather channel. <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, but I think this like, is interesting when you talk about wealth, because the other thing is black wealth can get really comfortable and sit in a space where it doesn't want to jeopardize anything or risk anything. And this is what he's saying. Yeah. He's yeah. saying, I loaned money to Obama. I gave money <laughs> to Obama. Obama, with the condition mm. that he makes sure that we have economic progression as black people. He said when Obama bailed out the banks, he called Obama. And was like, we had a deal. <laughs> What's up, dog? Yeah. Like, I helped yeah. you. I yeah. gave you lots of money. Yeah. Can you make sure, can you do some mm. investigation about how many of those banks are giving black people mm-hmm. business loans mm-hmm. and home loans? Mm-hmm. Obama refused. Mm-hmm. Mm. This is the interesting part to me that, like, he's been in the cut right doing it right, right doing what his what he feels is his part yeah and i don't know that man 
Right. He could have done all kind of dirt. He's a right. billionaire. This is capitalism. This dirt. <laughs> We're going to just How, put that little disclaimer in here. However, him talking about, you know, Martin Luther King got killed the moment he started talking, talking about, about money, money and, and economic the two Americas mm-hmm. yep. and economic yep. equality. He and said that, this next fight will be, cost us blood. And and Byron Allen keeps saying, like, we're so willing to talk about education Mm -hmm. and police brutality. Mm -hmm. But once we start talking about economic inclusion, economic equality, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. economic opportunity Mm -hmm. that's equitable, Mm -hmm. everyone wants to be quiet. Yeah. But and then the, the part of that, like we were saying, like the white people have to cash the check. But. The write black the people check. write the check. Mm-hmm. You're right. Write the check. <laughs> but the black people have are the ones creating the content. Like the, the, I, we, my mother was talking to me about Betty Boop. Mm-hmm. You know the story of Betty Boop I do. and Baby Esther. Yeah. Right. That that there was a black woman, Baby mm-hmm. Esther, who was a cabaret and jazz singer and had the whole boop boop you doop and all that stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. And how a French man came, saw her, drew yep. her white and the whole thing was gone. And I'm, and I'm tr- like, I'm, you're hard pressed to think of something that they've created and commodified and made money off of that didn't have some root in black culture or African culture. And, and so there's, and this- I want to remind you this civil rights lawsuit mm-hmm. doesn't just, it's not a black and white issue. No, exactly. Because it says, non-white non-white people. right and the same thing is true of other cultures like the, you know what they the commodification of blackness extends into other groups as well mm-hmm. which which is interesting to me that like to control the money but not the content to not have the original right. ideas to not have the content to move it forward but then you but then you have to in order to get the content at us well you yeah. feel you have to because it could be an exchange it could be a partnership mm-hmm. instead it's it's this whole idea that's uh, in the book ishmael right like a tribe comes up with the idea to lock up the food mm-hmm. and now the other people have to dance to get their food mm-hmm. right food that was readily available mm-hmm. things that are resources that are readily available are locked up mm-hmm. and now you have to do a dance to get it mm-hmm. and by us undervaluing our creativity at times right we you know for me personally writing came easy to me in a way that i thought i wasn't a good writer because it was easy and you know black people were taught everything has to be hard right for it to be worth something right right so it took years 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 even years after people would think i was successful for me to grasp myself as a gifted writer mm-hmm. because it was so easy to me and i didn't think i didn't know gifts were supposed to be easy but it's natural for us to create we create words dances all this stuff we post it on mm-hmm. youtube next thing you know you see it in a fucking snuggle commercial it's like how did they how did this it, it's, it's just saying, been interesting to me that folks are more willing to attack byron allen than to attack comcast yeah well folks are more i mean lots of people have come out in support like the black congressional con- congress like uh, Dr. King's daughter, like people are starting. Did he? To did he come? Comcast? No, to, oh, support, to support Byron, Byron Allen. Allen. Right, right. Yeah, okay, in these okay. in these last week right, or right, two. Right, right. But did he? Did he really open the door? Yeah. Everyone's like, okay. Yeah. yeah. Now we can go through. <laughs> Puff says something, right? But that's influence, and that's what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's funny because even in, in publishing. You know, I was talking to having a conversation with someone about it and I face implicit bias in publishing all the time Mm -hmm. and I know what it is and I will say what it is. And, you know, I'm 
by people who've been in there before, sometimes it's like, you know, well, that's just a part of it. Just keep, you know, and I'm going to keep moving. Yes, because this needs to be addressed. But I never want to normalize or be comfortable with the idea but, that there's. But see, that, that thing mm-hmm. by you passing. up. Let, let's say someone passes up on an idea of yours. Mm-hmm. And then which we've seen other people that have a similar idea that are not black get a deal. Yep. You can use. Yeah. This, this this statute. This Civil mm. Rights Act of 1886 mm-hmm. and sue that company. Who passed me up. Who passed you up and say, I know that it mm-hmm. one one factor was mm. because I was black and my characters were black. Right. Right? But now they're trying to say if unless it's that's the sole reason why And Soda Mayar fought against that. She was like, No, no. That in her statement, she was like, No, like so you're basically saying that when has it ever been on the, the that person to have to defend that? Your job is to prove that it's not that, not mm-hmm. their job. No, their job. You're asking them to try it before it's even accepted for trial. Mm-hmm. That's not okay. They don't. Ha- they have to have the suspicion, and then we prove it at trial. Right. Right. So and that's he, he's and saying, they're trying to say before you can even get to the trial, you you'd have to prove it yourself. And he's saying, look, I try to settle out out of court with them. I try to have a conversation with them. They said they don't want to have a conversation with a terrorist. Because they're arrogant. I'm saying they're yeah. calling this black man a terrorist. Terror. Oh, yeah, we've been called <laughs> a million things. Yeah. But it, it's but yeah, but then let's think about that. Maybe to what? Like right, what is he he is. He's, he's terrorizing just, their system and I completely support <laughs> his terrorism against that system. It's just and, and maybe more of us need to be terrorists against it's the system. Amazing to me. This particular case, I think it's un- it's being undervalued. Are mm-hmm. it's it's Mark a, is watching it like you, yeah, yeah. It's watching. a really big deal. Yeah, yeah, it's a really big deal for our economic equality. And and I think the attacks, you know, um, I oof, I don't yeah I won't talk about that publicly <laughs> yet. But I think you know we. You know, we kind of touched on this with the R. Kelly thing, like the internalized white supremacy that comes up for us for and how sure. we've like come to view the plantation as safe and right. been like indoctrinated to think of it as safe and yes. like the unknown. You said something, you were like, I don't know what January is going to look like with the, with this new baby. I don't know, but you're okay with that. So many of us are not okay with the unknown. Um, mm-hmm. per- and so we grapple with, you know, well, the plantation is the devil that I know. You know, this is the devil that I know. And that is really... I see that shifting in the next three to five years. There's going to be more of us out there. I hope that it has more transparency. When mm-hmm. I was listening to this program, they were saying for TV One to get a deal, mm. Comcast was like, "If you want us to, di- to, to distribute you, to distribute you, we want forty percent ownership." Oh my God, this is a black-owned company. Dog. I've seen that with Own too. Like, there's been certain. But companies check that this out. Happen. So they agreed. Mm-hmm. And then they had to go into debt mm-hmm. to buy that 40% back. And so what we see. The Jim Crow. What we they So now you're in debt. We, we're watching mm-hmm. TV One, mm-hmm. wherever they decide to distribute it. Mm. And some networks not wanting to distribute it because they were in bed in the beginning with Comcast. This is this is this so is, is TV One. Are people like that making statements, too? Like Diddy, maybe now that Diddy has. TV One hasn't come out yet, but they were talking, to me, this is 
share cropping yeah this is like yes, it is yes, still yes, yes, like yes. when we want to own yes. something yes this this is the most important thing to me is like mm. we want to do business we say we want to be successful but where are our distribution channels where are our, our places of production mm. where are our studios mm-hmm. like all of those things mm-hmm. we have to work mm-hmm. with white mm-hmm. institutions mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to make our moves our mm-hmm. money mm-hmm. our impact etc we have, and then we're agreeing to these deals Horrible. that are in our uh, that, that are sharecropping, that, that are sharecropping yeah. deals. Yeah. In order to get out of them, we have to go into debt. And he's like, "I'll loan y'all the money." Right. He's like, "NAACP Urban League, you don't, you don't have to, you don't have to do he, that. this." This nigga <laughs> says, "You don't have to get your little crack every month, <laughs> every year from Comcast, your little million dollars." crack hit he said i'll give you a million dollars but you want to come talk to me first if you want the million dollars that comcast giving you i'll give it to you but i have conditions about how you're gonna serve black people yeah just like they have conditions about how you're not (laughs) (laughs) right so look but this is this is this is the this is when you can't when black wealth is modeled and I, I've been, I've traveled to a couple of places where I've been, it's been really interesting to look at black classism mm-hmm. and to say like, how are there this many educated black people here who consider themselves successful and then this many homeless black people here? How does that exist in the same space, in the same city this way, right? And this place that we tote black excellence, in this city where we tote black excellence, and this really examine how black, how we've created, we say it's a black success model but it's a white model but this is with black people this is doing what, what made me start to question what is the is this real black wealth right or is it an illusion are you mm-hmm. you know we're about to talk start talking about it are mm-hmm. you is this the real authentic mm-hmm. black wealth mm-hmm. how much do you really have and what is and maybe our, my perception of what you have and what you have is not the same maybe it's not and also because you're net modeled on how white people view success, which is their value system. Our value system is very different. And it's hard to be in a country that has a value system that's so contrary to that of your ancestry. Like, yeah. how we how we could view success could, could be like, like you were saying, like, is my, my family, is my family doing well and the people around me, is everything around me turning right. green? Am I building cities up around myself? Is my right. wealth spreading? But I'm, I'm going to just like example you gave. Mm-hmm. Let's say two years ago, Kanye, people are looking at him like you, one of the richest rappers out. Mm-hmm. And we don't know that he's in debt, debt to all these people, right. to all these people, right. to the IRS, for all these deals, right. for all these deals. Right. And we're looking at him like you should be helping the homeless. And he's millions of dollars in, in debt. debt. Right, right. But right. his net worth don't look like that mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. when you when you Google. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm trying to say? Mm-hmm. Like I think, you know, I remember Will Smith saying he never ever feels like he's okay. Mm-hmm. He said he's always feeling like maybe he'll lose it all. Mm-hmm. Because, because they could. Because you first you could, mm-hmm. and, and secondly, we already grew up with a mentality of lack. Mm-hmm. We grew up poor, and but so also we, if it's a white person writing the check, I'm saying you always feel like there could be a day they stop writing it. I'm saying. So your the the decisions you make, who you decide to help, what people see you do visibly. So this, we, how much are we critiquing folks when we don't know what they have at stake? So this also though brings me back to my my feeling like black wealth is relationship. 
right? Like mm-hmm. that, like, when I look at what Ava DuVernay is doing, and yes, she probably, she has to get checks written by white people, but she's yeah. also building so much community mm-hmm. and campuses so that if every anything ever happened where they stopped writing that check, there's like a community of people who, they don't have a, a million dollar check, but they may each have a hundred thousand. In, right? in theory. In theory. They, but in it, other if, words, to if, be able to build it, to, you have to build a community around it. I, I, I don't see black wealth building without community. Like you, in order to break the dependency from the white person cashing a check, but also have a plan for it to build up your own community for sure. that supports your wealth. Chakalia, baby. Right. Self-determination. economics yes. and all this. Like, so, I mean, to me, that's like when I see sometimes people who are out there who are black, who look wealthy, and then, but they, they're pretty isolated in that wealth, right? And maybe that comes from a law of scarcity too, a fear of like, you know, if I share too much. But those who like start to invest and sow back, they build up a community around themselves that's like really fucking beautiful. Like you can, when you do that, you can call somebody and be like, I have no money for this project. Mm-hmm. But if you will do mm-hmm. work camera work for me, I guarantee you like whatever we have for on the sure. back. You see what I'm saying? For sure, we do see that in a smaller scale, I yeah. think. I think when we get to these larger yeah. because that's platforms, what is, yeah. it becomes what byron byron allen's putting a lot at stake yeah however he has a he has he's like i got a whole staff of the best lawyers in the country i could afford to litigate you into the ground and will the end the end so that's what his resources have Mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. have for him so anyway let's get into our this was amazing (laughs) let's get into our main subject today y'all thought that was the main subject psych (laughs) psych this is what people be saying. We listen to your podcast <laughs> trying to get to the title in 45 minutes Later, in. I know. We just go with the flow of it. We have that a lot to great. say. That was really great. I love that. We have we have definitely more wealth episodes. We might have to do uh, 2020 We're gonna get, once see, a month. Let's see if Byron Allen will come on the show. <laughs> he will. He will. Yo, hit him up. Let's. He will. He will come on the show. Don't, he might. He will. <laughs> he will come on the show. I'm telling you. Hit He'll him like, up. Look. Hit him up. For real. I'm sure it's not that hard to find him. I know it's not. Hit, a, hit him up. I'm going to do it. Do it, Thea. Okay, fine. Here we go. Byron Allen, 2020. Fuck yeah. <laughs> What's our subject today? Our subject is on uh, authenticity. Okay. We're discussing how this came to me was, you know, I was thinking about one of my goals this year, which I talked about, like black wealth. And part of that was like, okay, I gotta, I need to like dig a little deeper and use some of these resources that the youngins is using, like social media and things of that nature. And how much of my avoidance with that was this fear of losing authenticity. Um, but then also thinking about the holidays and how it could be some, like one of the least authentic times of year. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of our interaction with others. So, like, first, I think, let's think about what we mean when we say the word authenticity. Okay, what is authenticity? When we mean what it means to be authentic. We talk, We just touched on it we a little did. bit. We mm-hmm. did, we did. I think, for me, authenticity is, yeah, like what we were talking about earlier, is, like, really being your truest self, like, without, without the feelings that you need to convert to anything else to accommodate others. 
And it's also a place for me where you can accomplish deep intimacy and vulnerability. Mm. So it's like, if you are loud, you're loud. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. Right? Mm. And I know I'm loud. And, or whatever that may be, if I'm, you know, a workaholic, Mm -hmm. then maybe I'm a workaholic in this lifetime. And that's okay too, right? Mm Because authenticity doesn't necessarily negate balance. doesn't mean that we can't have balance in these traits, but it means that we accept these traits about ourselves and we're not striving to give the appearance of something other to navigate spaces or to... um, be accepted in different spaces. So we're talking about like 90s keeping it real. You know how I feel about the 90s. Like <laughs> literally, literally. And I'm an 80s baby, but the 90s. The keeping it real. I think I want to say when I think about authenticity, one, hmm, I'm a, I am my authentic self mm-hmm. in every place. But that self may not always be the same self, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Say more. I'm, um, I think there's some folks that are like, I'm just keeping it real. Mm-hmm. I'm just always keeping it real. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Keep it real. But there's an authentic noni that exists mm-hmm. for my closest people. Mm-hmm. There's an authentic noni that's reserved for the person I share a bed with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's an authentic noni that is for the world, mm-hmm. right? Like that this is my authentic noni self in the world. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't necessarily always mean you're getting the ooey gooey inside parts. Mm-hmm. You know, like. Yeah. That you're tapping into different parts of yourself for different times, but that that part is still an authentic part of who you are. Yes. I'm mm-hmm. known to be a person that people think like you keep, you're like pretty real, authentic mm-hmm. person known. But also when people get to know me better, they're like, oh, wow, I didn't. So they know more about you. Yes. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize how much I didn't know you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't realize how, how deep it goes in there. Yeah. And I think that that I've been called fake because of that. Mm. Like, why are you being fake? Like, why aren't you Mm. being this person out there? And I'm like, that's none of their business. So we distinguish between being fake Mm -hmm. and like exhibiting aspects of our authentic self by fake would be, how would you define fake then? Fake would be outside of my norm. Or outside of your being. Like, yeah, this is not who I am. Like, Like, fake to me is like, me pretending to like someone that mm-hmm. I don't, you're never going to catch me doing that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. ever. Mm-hmm. I'll just be quiet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> By the way, just because I'm quiet doesn't, doesn't mean, mean she like doesn't you. like you. I was supposed to say, now I'm going to pay attention to all the times you're quiet. <laughs> but, like, it, it means, like, I don't tend to do a lot of stuff that I don't want to. Right. It's for the reason why I haven't had a nine to five in, like, 15 years. Yeah. Right? That That is me honoring my authentic self. Right. Even when I'm working as a contractor, if I'm not feeling it, I'm right. telling you, I'm not feeling this. Right. It would be inauthentic for right. me to take jobs. I think that's a great distinction because yeah. I do think people think you, authentic doesn't mean presenting every part of yourself all the time. No. That is actually Over- quite I think it's overwhelming <laughs> for, the, for the other people. And like, it may not be necessary. 
If you're on the bus and someone asks you how you're doing and you start telling them the biggest sob story of your life your life story because you're keeping it real and authentic and that's how you really are. I mean, more power to you. Yeah. But me personally, like that's a lot to give to yeah. the person on the bus. I remember working on um, Murmurs of a Mad Woman and I got feedback from someone I had read it and they were like, you should put the person's name because that's like keeping it real. And I was like, uh. That's like keeping it messy. That's like, that is that's called like, being petty. It is called. It's like what does that have to do with the content of what I wrote? Like you know what I mean? Like it was, but you know, for me, authenticity in that moment was oh no, that's not my goal. My intention is to share an experience that other people can connect to. That but they don't need anybody's a, name. That's to a do great that. example because mm-hmm. so many people are like, no, I'm going to tell my truth. But while they're telling their truth, they're literally running a whole ass bus over somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. And your truth is yours. Does <laughs> not make it the truth or all truths. Right. Your truth is a perspective. And I'm constantly writing about myself mm-hmm. and myself in relationship to others. Right. Mm hmm. And everyone that's in a relationship with me in any close capacity they know I'm a fucking writer. Yeah. You might be in the story. You might be in my book. <laughs> However, I'm going to be. Protect your. Yeah. Per, I'm going to be thoughtful. Yeah. I'm not going to air you all the way the fuck out. Right. About shit that had nothing to do with me. Right. I'm only talking about the things. You're not going to Nova anybody like on Queen Sugar. <laughs> Ooh, it was rough this season. I, I don't know. Y'all, I I'm still it. in my feelings. <laughs> I didn't I feel like they it. forgave her too quick. But that's side note. But yes, yeah, so for me being authentic, it's it's really also thinking about your audience mm-hmm. and being mindful about who you're, that authentic self you're showing up as. So then it's also about core values, right? Because say if your core value is not to be mindful or not to be compassionate, then you, you are, you know. You just let it out. You just, yeah, and that's. Like, so part of, for me, authenticity is like knowing my core values and like not picking and choosing when those values come into play. Right. Right. Um, And I think the reason, I mean, here we are now, like having this conversation, but, you know, we've known each other at a time when like, I don't, I was not authentic. Mm -hmm. I, I was very caught up in people pleasing. I was very, I had no defined sense of self Mm. and I knew loosely what my values were um and I would be very rigid about them in terms of how other people like for others but not for myself so if I claim to be um this compassionate person but I wasn't showing self-compassion all that compassion Mm. was going outward um and I can see how in my life it created patterns and roles and relationships that didn't serve me but also didn't serve the other person like how would they know that I didn't feel this way if that's something I never discussed or I felt um, I felt like I couldn't or shouldn't share because their feelings were more important than mine. Like that was my own shit. And that was a form of of, of not being authentic that I, I think comes I, up a lot. I still struggle with that sometimes. I think sometimes it's not wanting to hurt Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, I don't see I've been thinking a lot about this idea of people pleasing Mm -hmm. um, 
because I can't figure out if that's even a reality for mm-hmm, me because mm-hmm. I feel like such a black woman it doesn't make sense <laughs> you know mm-hmm. it seemed like a white woman's thing like I, I was doing it for all you know I do you helped me I do remember yeah <laughs> I, I do remember that era <laughs> I remember a lot of shit I would tell you because that's but I do I don't know if it's pleasing but it's being very empathetic like um knowing that if I say how I feel about this thing mm-hmm. and I'm not thoughtful. Right. Yes. I will harm you. Yes, for sure. If I'm not thoughtful. Yes. But sometimes it takes me quite a long time yeah. to become thoughtful and venting to my partner yeah. and trying to figure out what is it that I'm really bothered yeah. by about yeah. this thing. Yeah, for and sure. I agree. He could think I'm being inauthentic mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because I'm not going and talking to right. the person about But you're processing it first. I'm I'm trying to figure out how to be how to be kind. Like yeah. how how do I do this in the kindest way or the most loving way or I think that's a sticky part for sure. Um on the on the more intricate level of authenticity cuz on the broader level which we're going to talk about in a bit like there's like social media and there's like just like going to Christmas parties you don't want to go to, you don't believe in that shit or like you know, it's family or whatever. Mm. Um just like 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 the family even that we connect to that we don't necessarily even even like um that we feel kind of forced (laughs) to deal with over the holidays like that's your cousin that's your you know all that but I think on the level you're talking about that can be complex and I I struggle I still struggle with that a bit too because I value the person so much and I don't want them to think I'm I'm think that I don't care or don't like them and sometimes I think also knowing each other's history, like knowing a person through a lot of their stuff can yeah. also play into how you you're protective of them in a way that you're like protecting them from your own feelings. Yeah. And that can be really and I don't I don't know that that's a lack of authenticity so much as like really careful consideration because you value the friendship or you value the partnership or the relationship in some sort of way mm-hmm. and you don't want to just like bulldoze into it which I appreciate personally I as a therapist let me just say <laughs> in my personal life I really appreciate people processing their own shit before they bring it to me because like I Thea knows I be having I, difficult I, conversations I, with Thea <laughs> off of the mic I tell her how I feel about a lot of stuff yeah we do and but, I, but I but I know but I that do it in a very thoughtful way but and I know that I know that like we don't we can do that without detaching from who the person is even if you had a bad day like you're like i'm super pregnant i've been in this traffic i ain't got time for this shit the uh, your leo shit is driving me crazy then like but i would know like but no one loves me like you know that's not for her sh- best moment for sure even if that happened like so to me that i like, try to make sure that doesn't happen. <laughs> you do you do very well you do very well i try to make I, sure that i'm thoughtful. but i mean i think that's that's we're both like that. I think mm-hmm. that's how we navigate friendships. Mm-hmm. And we've had situations where that wasn't reciprocal or whatever. Or sometimes the problem is if you're like the very attuned person in the friendship, you're almost always responsible for that part. Like sometimes you want to be the one that gets but, to be booked. But sometimes if you do that a lot and you just say something off the cuff raw, which I do quite so. <laughs> this has happened to me a lot of fucking times. I'm like, whoa, my bad. Like, they're like, sometimes you just, you're so aggressive. And I'm like, what? Like, have y'all met my nigga though? Like, 
I try. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, can, can you understand? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because they're not used to you doing that. But that's me being my authentic self. For sure. To, and to me, the... Maybe cl- we need to let that piece out of ourselves more often. Well, my closest friendships... Mm-hmm. Kyrie, she's one of my best mm-hmm. friends because... I literally don't have to filter. filter. Absolutely. There's no filter. Yeah, if you yeah. want to see my most authentic yeah. self, yeah. Yeah. it's probably I'm talking yeah. to Kai yeah. or Debbie yeah. because it's, it's, I don't yeah. have, there's no need yeah. to consider. It doesn't mean I'm not considerate of their feelings. Right. It doesn't. Yeah. But also if I say something fucked up, yeah, they're going to be like, Whoa. Wait a minute. Yeah. Crystal's always like, I don't like hearing you give advice to other people because I feel like it's way more gentle <laughs> than, than how you come at me. And I'm like, you can handle it. And she's like, no, it's not the same. Um, but no, I think that I think that everybody needs that. Like, it's too exhausting, which is part of what we're talking about. Like, it, not being authentic can be exhausting, but also... Because that's, that's a good point, though, of without a filter. Without a filter. So that you can be your authentic self with a filter Say of more. consideration. Yeah, yeah. And also, like, different different personalities have different vibes. Like, sometimes yeah. I don't, I can be authentic, but I know how I speak to one type of person it has to be different than how I speak to the other. And that's, that's not fake. That's strategic. Like, if in communication... <laughs> communication is supposed to be about an exchange of ideas consider your audience exactly so it's about an exchange of ideas meaning if i want this person to hear what i have to say i'm going to have to take into account how they hear things Mm -hmm. like period and that's not fake that's strategic (laughs) like that's clear communication right Mm -hmm. as long as like the value system from which i'm coming from you know that that makes sense but i have seen this you know i think about my kids right like you know, I get I can get sucked into like wanting to keep them happy like all the time, mm-hmm. wanting to protect them. And that's not fully authentic sometimes. Like that's that it displays me as a person who constantly wants to meet other people's needs. I think my role as a therapist has sometimes taken me out of a space of authenticity because I don't always feel like listening to that shit. But but you have to. But I have to, and I have to like. And as a mom, that's a really good point. That's like I don't know if, if you're talking about me, my authentic. I don't. I don't know if I'm like fully. I don't know if I always feel like being like. Well, let's think about this. I feel like being like eat what's there, <laughs> or don't eat. Like, I feel like I saying I that. didn't feel like playing. Um, oh my god! Playing. Whatever this this shit or watching my, this show. My three year old want me to play yesterday. <laughs> I was I had a book in one hand and I was playing with the toys with the other hand and she was like I feel like can you put down the book? book? Can you focus? Can you? And I'm like yeah 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 and I'll put down the book for five minutes and play a little bit and then be like yo I'm, I'm about to just finish this chapter I'm trying to show up as my authentic right. self I think I do not always care about the same things other people are caring so about I do think it's important like. For sure, like Deb is that person for me. Like to have a person you can just be your complete self all the time, crying. I don't see how we cannot do that without Deb. Literally, <laughs> you can't get past five minutes. Of you can't that. be. No. You can't be fake. No. You can't be fake. And, we're, and she doesn't even know me as well as she knows you. And I, she won't let me be fake. <laughs> so I mean, it's just like if you ever want a gut check, but it's a good thing. You need it's a beautiful. You need thing. a person who. But I think that 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 involves unconditional love. Yes. You yes. know that, oh, you're, you know, and trust. Yeah, I was telling the, the other day. I was realizing, like, I don't like to take up a lot of space. I f- mm-hmm. it makes me feel guilty. Mm-hmm. 
and like she never makes me feel that way mm-hmm. you know there, there's not i don't ever feel that that vibe i mean if, if she don't feel like fucking talking she'll tell me mm-hmm. <laughs> like mm-hmm. i don't feel like listen to that right now mm-hmm. like but that's an authentic relationship mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know and i think sometimes there i don't think the others are not authentic right. but there are there's places, i think it's rare yeah i think it's just rare i mean I think there's levels to this shit that's you know, what I'm trying to say. That's you know? we, we should call it. We should call this episode. This. There's <laughs> levels to this because, well, I do want to take this. I do want to broaden. I mean, go back to something related to social media, and we could tie it all in because this was a big part of this thing for me, right? Like, I really, I get a lot of people coming into me, literally depressed about social media, you mm-hmm. know, and having to explain the difference between, you know, authenticity and social media and curation, like. A lot of things you yeah. things Instagram is one big ad and everybody is like most people on there are curating. And when I looked at early on, you know, I was like, OK, you remember I was like, I'm gonna get my Instagram shit together because I didn't give two fucks about mm-hmm. Instagram this year. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what apps do I download? What pic- how do I do editing? Like and I put a lot of energy the first quarter of this year into like curating my Instagram. And immediately I started getting people following and things like that. But it was exhausting. Like, I hated it. I hated it. Mm-hmm. I hated it. I couldn't stand it. Like, mm-hmm. and be, and began to just, like, plateau. And I, I told you on the beginning of this, this podcast today, I can't do it. If I'm not feeling it, if it's not, like, con- if it's not, like, real, I just f- can't do it. So it took me a while to figure out mm-hmm. what the balance was for me because I'm like, okay, this is a tool of media, right? Mm-hmm. I do want to have a presence here, but how do I figure it out? And one of the ways I did was there was an episode of um, Redefining Wealth by Patrice Washington mm-hmm. that had, I can't remember the guy's name. I feel so bad. But the topic was, he talked about virility, the thing about going viral and like, like he had like seven steps to like realizing your dream or your this idea of bringing forth an idea. He does a thing called Belief Fatherhood, I think, on YouTube. And, oh, I love yeah. them. They're one of my favorite. Right. Yeah. Influencers. He's so wonderful. Yes. And his talk was so helpful. We should also link that belief in fatherhood. Yes. Yeah. It, the talk was so helpful. And the part that got me the most was when he talked about the stage where you impact the people that you intended to impact, right? You impacted your community, mm-hmm. the people that you created that content for. And then it goes past that. Virility is when it goes past that to the people it was unintended for. And I combined that with the talk from Oprah, I think it was on Making Oprah, another podcast, that was about, she recognized that only 5% of the people following her, tracking her, are actually ride or dies, Mm -hmm. right? Like are actually people who are gonna buy the products, who care, who are like invested. Mm -hmm. And so for me, what felt good and what still feels good is to um, talk to the 5%. So I assume, I'm sure, I mean, I could. there could be more than 5% of followers who are following me right now who are like really authentically engaged and care. Right. But I speak to the 5% and that keeps me really centered and feeling like I'm actually engaging in a community as opposed to like trying to curate for these masses mm-hmm. um and that balance helped me to find authenticity in social media now i found there's some people who do that and there's other people who purely 
curate, which is why for a lot of my clients, it's very toxic because they haven't had the opportunity to see behind the veil like we have. We've seen the curation. We understand how this works. But for a lot of them, that is not the case. They they really think these things are true. But it's one thing to know, to know that. But Mm -hmm. if you're... We have, like I talk about often here, your subconscious mind can't take a joke. Right. So you can know it on an intellectual level, on a conscious level, but subconsciously, belief in fatherhood. I've watched, I follow him, I follow her, I was was subscribed to their Patreon, I look at their YouTube, their home, their their family looks like mine, Mm -hmm. they're younger, but their family looks a little bit like mine in that they have four children. They homeschool and they are are creatives. They're not both. They don't both consider. He's a mainly considers mm-hmm. himself a creative. So that concept is very hard to find. And they're both black mm-hmm. and they're both chocolate. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's like mm-hmm. whoa. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like an anomaly. Yeah. There's another group of people yeah. right that are similar. But one thing I like is like their Patreon goes behind the scene of mm-hmm. the curation. Mm-hmm. And gives you more of the intimate story. Mm-hmm. One thing I think in general that they do well is communicating the pitfalls and their struggles mm-hmm. and their conflicts. Mm-hmm. And I think people are drawn. They're, mm-hmm. they're, they are an authentic brand. And then they're still saying, but you don't know us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You don't mm-hmm. know us. So when you see us, please don't touch our children. Because mm-hmm. you don't know them. Mm-hmm. Right? And like, you know... M- this is something that like in our family we've really struggled with because our children are incredibly brilliant. Mm-hmm. They love media. They want to have a YouTube channel. They they want to be like a a public facing family. Mm-hmm. Our kids do. Mm-hmm. And we're like ah. Mm-hmm. Like mm. yeah. Like <laughs> it's a hard so when I see them I see like it takes a lot of sacrifice to even make that choice. Yeah. To be this, because uh, kids don't fake. Right, no, yeah. Kids don't fake. So, but even in you, I don't want to say using your kids, but your children being a part of your brand, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there should be some curation happening, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. In order to like protect them mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Like there's there's all but, of this but stuff. Instead of curating, they, 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 they're clear. They say, mm-hmm. here are expectations. We're real people. This is what we want. You know, I mean, there's mm-hmm. another way to lean, lean, you know, which is like being really one of the, you know, this is why I cuss. I keep telling people <laughs> I love to cuss. I'm not going to stop. And it's partly because it, it it breaks people from this idea that I'm what we talk about, guru or therapist. Like I, yeah. I've said, I've cussed out my husband before. I have gone off on my family. Like this is, that's the real. Like, I don't ever want people to box me in. It feels incredibly uncomfortable. And it's been interesting to meet people in person. They're like, you're so you're so nice and approachable and humble. Like, I don't know what else I'm supposed to be. Like, am I supposed to walk around here like, you, like, that doesn't feel good to me. It feels really good to meet people. And they know that, like, what we talk about here is something we're actively trying to live. And on here, even, we share when we fall short. We talk about when, for sure, you know, we break down or have meltdowns and we're not centering joy and we're not centering pleasure and we're, we are fucking up, you know? Um, I think that's, so that's my, that, I've seen that. This kind of ties into the wealth model for me too, right? Like, it's like the curation model 
is what people assume has to happen in order to be successful, just like this assumed wealth model. But then I love to see people create a model that looks different and still works because I think it gives those of us who are watching, um, like you saw that family, it gives you a sense of like, this is possible and I can create it however I want. It's yeah, that- and so they're not even the big, they have a platform, but there's way bigger yeah yeah youtube families and and those things i think they're very christian Mm -hmm. and they hold really true to their values Mm -hmm. i think when i think about authenticity and social media you know i tend to lean toward like there's a lot of people that are really successful without it Mm -hmm. no for sure yeah and i and i think sometimes though we think that that's not a possibility in terms of how we're we're taught yeah. and that there's these numbers that yeah. play into people's perception yeah, of sure. like your success or yeah. not success. And I could use my platform more, yeah. you know, that's something that I could do, but it's also trying, it also, it honestly feels often inauthentic. Yeah, It feels to me when you're in a moment and you're trying to take a picture of the mm. moment to write about the moment to share the moment mm. with someone else, I don't feel in the moment. Yeah. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it just doesn't feel. Yeah. So to me, it's been trying to figure out, well, well what is that? When I do postings, it's yeah. normally in a, in the story based. Like, yeah. Yeah, you do this is, true. this is me talking about this yeah. thing or this person or because I'm and, not trying to capture a moment yeah. and pretend that this moment I capture, I, I use my stories way more. Yeah. Because I can just turn it on and we're yeah. doing, doing something yeah. and like it's not about like capturing this curated thing. Yeah. I'm so happy Instagram is going to change the model of likes. I think for me it's been so once I targeted that five percent, it didn't feel like capturing a moment. It felt like communicating something to those five percent. Mm-hmm. So for me, like in Houston, right? Mm-hmm. Like I like to share what I'm doing with the with people. Um, and highlight like organizations that I'm meeting or dope people that I'm meeting. Like there's been events I could sit there and take a million pictures with a bunch of influencers, but that's not who I choose to highlight when I do it. Mm. I like to highlight like the dope beings I'm meeting behind the scenes. And I mainly because I want to communicate to that 5%. This is a dope thing that's happening. These are dope people. This is, a you know, like, right. and so it's been a way of like, because like, I could send that picture to my mom, right? I would be saying, hey, mom, I'm in Houston having a great time. That's kind of how I think about this 5%. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I'm just communicating to them. And it's been great because even commu- I figured out, oh, I need to let them know when I'm traveling because then I could do fun things like meet, meet them in person, which would be like something I really want to do. Yeah. And this last time I was able to like surprise someone. So that was really great. So it's been, it takes some crafting but mm. i think this whole thing of authenticity the the main thing we have to remember is that it's self-defined and self-generated so it's going to look different for all of us but i will say if you feel your that that cringe in the pit of your stomach when they say you know call your cousin <laughs> so i want to talk about a little mm-hmm. bit about that before we wrap like mm-hmm. we are going into the holidays yes. i want to give someone else their permission I'm going to tell you what I did last year. Mm -hmm. First, let's go back a few years. (laughs) I don't hold all them holidays. Mm -hmm. I love them. I have the spirit Mm -hmm. of Christmas in my heart. (laughs) 
It's very delightful. I love the music. I love all of that stuff, right? But, you know, our family, we made the decision that we weren't going, we weren't going to celebrate the white man's holidays. Mm -hmm. Let's just Mm -hmm. keep it real, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Let's be authentic. Be authentic. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We weren't going to celebrate the white man's holiday. We were going to celebrate solstice Mm -hmm. and all of those things. And... But this is a very important holiday to my grandmother. Mm-hmm. It's so important that on Thanksgiving and Christmas, everybody comes to her house yeah. and gets together and eats her food and be together. And I sacrificed year after year and be sick after and mm-hmm. have issues with my own internal family mm-hmm. because that's not what our decision was mm-hmm. as a family. But mm-hmm. I'm sacrificing what I wanted to do for my grandmother and I've seen my mom and my stepdad do it my whole life Mm -hmm. not enjoy a single holiday Mm -hmm. travel from house to house to house Mm -hmm. out of obligation out of obligation showing up for everybody and not even establishing their own traditions like all of this stuff I grew up in that I Mm -hmm. grew up going to this house and that house and this house we weren't having holidays at our home and then last year I was like "Mm, I'm good there's no excuse. I don't even have an excuse. Yeah, I just don't want to. Before, you know, there was one three years ago where I was pregnant. So I was like, can't go. I'm pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I have to, I'm on bed rest, which I was. But it was like, mm-hmm. last year I was just like, I don't want to. Mm-hmm. And I just said, I don't want to come. Mm-hmm. I'll come in a few days after and be with you and hang with you. Man, my grandma was so mad. She was mad probably till the day she died. Mm. Like, she was so mad. She brought that shit up every time we talked. Mm. And I just kept staying in my truth. Like, hey, that's not what we do. Mm-hmm. And I had the best Thanksgiving ever mm-hmm. last year. Mm-hmm. Like, I think I cooked, but it wasn't even... I, I made cranberry sauce, but I wasn't making mm-hmm. Thanksgiving dinner. Right, right. I cooked a dinner for my family, like, every other night. Mm-hmm. We celebrated solstice like it was just normal Mm -hmm. and easy and not capitalist driven. Mm -hmm. And I Mm -hmm. didn't have to deal with family members. I love all my family. Some of them listen to this. (laughs) I love you all. But everyone's it it sometimes feels weird. Like we don't talk Mm -hmm. except here. Right. It didn't feel authentic. No, it don't feel mm-hmm. authentic. Mm-hmm. Like, which is true for a lot of people. I don't do small talk. Which is true for a lot of people. There's like unresolved issues, and then we supposed to come together and eat this food, and act like everything is great. It's, and everyone ignores abuse. Yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. drama yeah. and pretends like real. it's not happening. And I'm just not that person. Like, I man, that shit was liberating last yeah. year. Like, it was so incredible. Yeah. I'm so happy I took that stand. Like, I could feel guilty after she died. Like, dang. Mm-hmm. I could have gave her one last Christmas. Mm-hmm. But no. You gave her a lot of other Christmases. Well, I, I gave her my truth. Yeah. Yeah. I gave her my truth, which is, I don't like this. Mm-hmm. This doesn't feel good. The holiday before that, I started having autoimmune mm-hmm. disorder symptoms. From eating that food, mm-hmm. that fucking crazy food. Mm-hmm. Like, from you eat it from November through December. Through December. <laughs> you eat it for a month. And by the time January hit, I'm I'm, a, I'm in a, at the clinic. Right, right. Trying to figure out what the fuck is wrong with me. I'll tell you what is wrong with me. I ate inflammation for 30 days straight. <laughs> I inflamed my system. Yeah, yeah. You know, so like this concept of like 
having to do something mm-hmm. because you know I love that movie for Christmases like I love when to see people trying so hard to fake mm-hmm. <laughs> trying to make other people happy because mm-hmm. they love them that much but then like you don't have to no it can be it's it, part of being authentic is really just to be kind to yourself mm-hmm. to to have some self compassion and to prioritize your joy and have no guilt about it you don't have to feel bad for like what you authentically want and like i i mean i really think the holidays it brings that up and people use the people use guilt a lot to, around the holidays <laughs> and so all i'm telling you is to clean that clean that sacral mm-hmm. keep it clean keep it flushed i mean and she, let it go she was here last holiday she's not here this one mm-hmm. and it's like it's just not promised yeah you should do what you want yeah yeah. You should really do what you want. I used to ask her, I was like, do you want to do this? Every year, yeah. Is this yeah. what you want to do? Yeah, yeah. Or is this like what we decided? <sighs> and like, just, you can adapt. You could change. You can evolve your traditions. Yeah, you have been a big part of helping me to be, come way, I've, I didn't realize what an apologetic person I was. Mm. And I think a lot of that is because I knew I knew deeply what kind of person I am. I am like, mm-hmm. I know I take up space. I know I am like, I know all my Leoness mm-hmm. and beyond, yeah. beyond the Leoness. I know who I am as a person, but I've always thought of that as things that would either intimidate or move people away from me in some capacity, particularly in intimate spaces like friendships and relationships and things like that, and like not. When the more you would say to me, it was like a whole year you saying to me, "You're a Leo. Just follow, follow my, follow my son. Do it." And and I literally did. Like I that year, your son was my role model. Um, and I saw how happy he was when he just was like, "This is who I am and what I do, and it is okay." And I, it doesn't make me a selfish person, mm-hmm. it, which is the other thing I assumed, right? So that that like by not being those things, I was. I was not I was demonstrating by being those things that that would demonstrate selfishness I know what selfishness is Mm. when people selfishness is somebody telling you something affects them a certain way and you'd be like well that's your problem now sometimes that is their problem but I mean a lot of times it's something to stop and consider in the dynamic yeah and you've really helped me to feel like don't apologize for that stuff anymore I I still have I'm still deprogramming it quite a bit for sure and the guilt the guilt is still something I'm. I have to actively stay on top of, but I ask myself, what did I do? Like, I mean, but signs that are tend towards self-centeredness, like Leo or Aries or Scorpio. Scorpio is a little bit more selfish than self-centered. Mm-hmm. I think it's just about balance. Mm-hmm. You know, like when I was having a Leo, it was really clear to me that I would have to teach him how to be observe of mm-hmm. service. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. he's naturally going to be centering himself. Mm-hmm. He's ruled by the sun. That's mm-hmm. <laughs> just what it is. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think that he is a self-centered being. He's centered in himself. But him having to learn the lessons, I also encourage him, just like you, to learn the lessons of, of both. I'm here too, you know? Mm-hmm. And anytime I feel like, oh, this is, uh, uh, mm-hmm. I'm here. Mm-hmm. Like, right. I think those things are important. Mm-hmm. Like 
you can be your authentic. I think people expect everyone to act a certain way in terms of like what is acceptable and giving and mm-hmm. loving and yo like I always say Leos Leo Risings mostly Leos and Leo Risings they're showing you how to take up space if you mm-hmm. don't if you don't want to learn the lesson mm-hmm. you could go another place mm-hmm. or you can show up mm-hmm. and take up the space too and they're happy to have you there yes mm-hmm. but if you feel like a Leo's taking up too much space mm-hmm. speak up mm-hmm. right like mm-hmm. speak up for yourself mm-hmm. like what's going on because that's the exercise yeah like that's what they're drawing out yeah Mm -hmm. yeah and i and i think that it's it's that balance of like Mm -hmm. knowing too leos have shown me like i don't like being put in a corner Mm -hmm. so hey that's not gonna work for me Mm -hmm. if that's gonna be what it is you let me know Mm -hmm. (laughs) we we get together when i'm not in a corner Mm -hmm. Mm because that's not me Mm -hmm. right other some people there they will just go in the corner Mm -hmm. and and you're gonna blame the Leo or the Aries or mm-hmm. the Scorpio because you made the choice mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. are you going to stand up for yourself? I've had someone tell me I was dumb. Dom- I try to dominate them. Mm-hmm. And I said, you made the choice to be submissive, bitch. Like <laughs> that's not my fault. And that's still hard for me though. No, it's still hard. It's I'm still, sorry. It sounds, it can sound harsh. Well, because but, but people will make you into a villain if yeah. you let them. Yeah. And I could say, it's you so know, what? I'm sorry. So I said, true. I'm sorry. Ugh. I should have been more considerate. I should have been more considerate, but I'm not going to take the full, right. The full thing you decided yeah. to be a sub yeah. and call me your dom. Yeah. That's your bad dog. Yeah. Like that's, that's your, your bad. bad. Yeah. Yeah. That's your bad. Because it is. It, I should have been more aware. Yeah, because it can be, it can be hard to catch, and you, that's why I think for me, I I have to be around people who will give me feedback, who will say, mm-hmm. I can't be around people who walk around like victims, and mm-hmm. I can't do it because like my energy level is at a level where I'm if I'm excited and going. I may not be conscious and that that's not intentional. But if you say something, then I become more, I can be like, oh, got you. You're right. Pull it back. So I think like what we're saying too, is like other people can support your authentic self. Yeah. Authentic, well, that's a great thing. Yeah. There should be some parts of your authentic self. There's a part of my authentic self mm-hmm. that is not cute. Mm-hmm. That is domineering. Mm-hmm. I have an authentic self that's alpha. Mm-hmm. That's not dope all the time. <laughs> it's just not. Mm-hmm. I'm a great human. Mm-hmm. But there's a part of me that will fucking dominate. Yeah. And I'm like, no, that's how I want to do it. Yeah. I will be stubborn. This is it. This is how it's, this is how we going to roll. The tourist <laughs> out of balance. A. Oh, my God. Yes. I A. <laughs> yeah. But you have to call me. It, th- yeah. Th- they're, hey, say yeah. something. Yeah. Say yeah. something and yeah. or me acknowledge, okay, that feels authentic for me though. I caught it. I caught myself being dominating in an experience with a friend recently. And I knew instantly because I didn't feel great about it. Like I wasn't, initially I felt entitled to it, which, you know, entitlement is a totally different <laughs> emotion. And I was like, hmm, there's something about this that's like really not okay. And then I, the more I dug into it, you know, for me, that out of balance is sometimes triggered by fear. And that fear is that I will go back to like hiding myself, right? So whenever I feel like I'm overcompromising, the dominating part comes back like, no, we don't do that shit no more. And then I have mm-hmm. to be like, no, we don't. But 
there's room here for everybody to say what they want and their needs to be met. And it doesn't have to be so fixed, you know? Yeah. Um, and, but I, ha- but I was able to, I caught it after I did it. And then I was able to say, Hey, and the person never said anything, but I was like, Hey, for me, I need to acknowledge that like, this was coming from this space and I'm learning the checks and balances of my own shit. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? But even to be able to have that conversation with somebody, to say to own your shit is also authentic. You know what I'm saying? And to not own shit that's not yours is authentic. I mean, we're basically telling y'all, like, nobody has this shit down pat. <laughs> and so the people who are making you think they do, or if you feel a pressure to, it's just not real. It's just not real. The real truth is humanity and being human is a very complex and fluid and spectrumy and, like, constantly evolving thing that none of us have down pat is the reality. Yeah. And the sooner we embrace that, that is when I feel like we are really living in the most authentic space of like, I don't know. I'm trying to figure this shit out too, as best I can. And that changes moment to moment and I'm doing my best. I love that. Um, what are your words from the heart, Thea? So in honor of Noni and my Leoness, <laughs> my words from the heart, are to list for y'all to listen to Boss by the Carters. Love that song. Yeah, exactly. And just own your shit. Great. Um, my words from the heart. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> I wish you could see Noni's face. I mean, I'm gonna tell y'all the truth. Whatever this baby's coming, he keeps it real. Very real. We knew that from the start. Too real. <laughs> So if you ever feel like the energy change in the room and you looking around like, why is it getting awkward in here? It's you. Have you had those moments? Oh, hell yeah. This this is my religion since I've been pregnant. Because I've been sitting here making it awkward for everybody. Keeping it too real. Keeping it up. Keeping it a buck. Oh, no. Keeping a buck buck. That's a little too much. That's too much. Yeah. So my yeah. words from the heart are like, look at your audience. Because I've been just like filterless. Yeah. Check out your audience. See what kind of mood they in. Look at their faces. Consider niggas. Yeah. Yeah. When you keeping it authentic. And Instagram is an ad. <laughs> and Byron Allen. Here's the truth. <laughs> maybe maybe we don't know we'll see but for right now we're riding with it all right thanks y'all for listening we love Thank you, you.